Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain, I was joined by Kate Peterson of Locus Robotics. I had been wanting to get Locus on the show for a while now, and I finally got the chance to catch up with them on site at Home Delivery World. And it was worth the wait. Kate and I talked all about Locus and what they do, the importance of flexibility in supply chain, using robots to empower people, and how automation can drive a competitive advantage. It was a really great episode, and I guarantee that it will change some misconceptions around the use of robotics and automation in supply chain. So I hope you enjoyed it. But remember, if you missed it, you can catch up over on letstalksupplychain.com, our YouTube channel, or anywhere else that you subscribe to the show. It was episode 294. Let's Talk Supply Chain is not your average supply chain podcast. We feature not just the top of the industry, but also diverse voices from within the community, new innovations, and the disruptors making waves in the industry. Don't listen to the same old, same old. Be sparked by new ideas and fresh perspectives only on Let's Talk Supply Chain. And now a word from our sponsor. It's time to take control over your supply chain with Cavallo. Cavallo is a distribution management solutions provider founded by an experienced distributor who spent two decades perfecting and optimizing Cavallo's high-powered user-friendly software. Cavallo offers the ability to have complete control of your process with automated workflows that offer business rules and alert logic that will streamline your distribution operations. Leverage Cavallo's state-of-the-art business intelligent platform that provides real-time intelligence of your customers' orders, alerting you if they are out of compliance or even better, bringing awareness to areas in your business that are driving exceptional value. With a data-driven approach to supply chain management, Cavallo enables a network of cloud, on-prem, and integrated solutions that offer a path to excellence no matter where you are in your technical journey. For more information on how to accelerate growth with Cavallo's business intelligent platform and its game-changing distribution management software, visit Cavallo, C-A-V-A-L-L-O.com today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. Today, I'm excited to welcome a woman in supply chain who is helping leaders discover the value of connected planning with supply chain best practices and stories that matter. Plus, she's been part of the Let's Talk Supply Chain family for a while. Do you have any idea who it could be? Well, I'll let you know after the poll of the week. So the question that we asked you, how nervous are you about this potential rail strike? Now, of course, this was a couple of weeks ago, but it gives us a really good indication as to how people were actually seeing what we were potentially looking at as a major disruption. I mean, this rail strike would have been bigger than the Evergreen being stuck in the Suez Canal because that was $400 million a day of trade, and this rail strike would have been $2 billion a day. Now, we got 460 or sorry, 476 votes, and we had a tie. 40% of you said we need to resolve this ASAP. 
40% of you said, what rail strike? Question mark. 17% of you said, I'll drive the train, which is exactly what Audrey Ross said. And 3% said, can't sleep. Now we had a comment from Maureen, a lot of concern on container scarcity and logistics costs increasing exponentially as they did during 2021. Well, we want to give a big shout out and thank you to everybody who participated in our poll that week. We ask you a question every single Wednesday morning. So if you want to be featured on an upcoming episode, make sure to go and participate in our poll and make sure to comment on the post as well. So now back to today's podcast and the wonderful woman in supply chain I have with me today is Naomi Sylvan. Naomi has 16 years of experience in telling brand stories, powering sales enablement and increasing brand exposure and online lead generation. Naomi's marketing career has seen her assume leadership roles at a number of healthcare and technology brands before taking on her current role in supply chain solution marketing at IT firm Anaplan. Naomi is passionate about empowering women and also has a decade of experience in mentoring other marketing and creative professionals. Today, Naomi will be talking to us about her career so far, embracing a career in supply chain, collaborating with me on my Woman in Supply Chain blog series, and the importance of mentors. Plus, she'll be sharing her experiences as a woman in supply chain, as well as her words of advice for all of the women following her footsteps. But of course, we could not have a Woman in Supply Chain series without our sponsors. And so this Woman in Supply Chain feature was sponsored by Sifted. As a business dedicated to empowering confidence within the shipping industry, we're proud to support women in supply chain. Sifted is the leading logistics intelligence software that combines insights with expertise to empower bigger, smarter shipping decisions. As growth and disruptions present ongoing challenges for supply chain leaders, Thousands rely on Sifted to get their businesses up for success. Learn more about Sifted at Sifted, S-I-F-T-E-D.com. So welcome to the show, Naomi. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. I am so excited to have you here. I mean... This can't get any better. Last month, I got to feature Jolene from Far Eye. <laughs> and now this month, I get to feature you. And what a lot of people don't know is that, or might not know, is that you have actually been the voice behind our Woman in Supply Chain blog series uh, since we pretty much started it. And you've done an incredible job. And so before we get started, I just want to say thank you so much because you've been such a big important piece of that, you know, um, highlighting women's voices in the industry and helping us to create that feature and make the series what it is. So thank you so much for that. And welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Sarah. And, you know, I really, <laughs> I appreciate the shout out, but the credit really goes to those women. I'm really just lifting up their voices. And I really appreciate you giving me that opportunity. It's so meaningful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now we get to feature you because you have been doing 
so much amazing stuff in supply <laughs> chain. And now we get to talk to you about your journey and how it all sorts of come comes full circle. So let's kick this off by asking you, what does being featured in the Woman in Supply Chain series means to you? I mean, you're now seeing it from both sides of the coin. So talk to us about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh well, you and Let's Talk Supply Chain helped me understand the logistics industry earlier in my career. And partnering with you on the Women in Supply Chain blog over the last few years has been incredibly rewarding. I mean, I can't overstate that. It's some of the work throughout my career I'm most proud of. And Aww. you and the Women in Supply Chain, who I've been writing about and uh, lifting their voices. Um, they've really inspired me. You've all inspired me through the most challenging times. I mean, COVID, all of the, the craziness of the last couple of years. Um, it's really been a big part of what's kept me hopeful and kept me going. And and just like you, I'm passionate about empowering other women. So joining you on this episode feels like that effort has really come full circle. Yes, I love that, love that, love that. And you've been a huge part. And you know what? It's really important. I mean, when I first started this Woman in Supply Chain series, it really wasn't about, you know, empowering. I just wanted to learn more about women's stories and their journeys and how they came to be in the positions that they are. And what did that look like, right? What did they do for education? What did they do? Maybe they started in a completely different industry and just sort of fell into supply chain. And so it's actually, you know, it's one of the series or the things that I do that I'm most proud of as well as Let's Talk Supply Chain for us to be able to do that. And then the extension of that to Blended, you were just recently on Blended as well. So talk to us about that experience. How was that for you? Wow, it was such an incredible opportunity and it was a learning moment for me because mm. the topic was combating Asian hate and of course I have a lot of ideas but you know being a woman who's still a minority um as a Jewish woman in America I you know I'm white and I have a certain amount of privilege that comes with that so you know, I learned so much on that episode and, you know, I thought there were a lot of teachable moments, not just for the listeners, but, you know, for you, Sarah and I as well, just hearing that experience. Yeah. And I think what comes out of Blended, the Woman in Supply Chain series, you know, all the, the diversity stuff that we do is really the love, you know, as human yeah. beings, just it needs to be more about love and empathy. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's even more important now that so much of us have gone fully remote and you can mm -hmm. feel very disconnected. Yeah. Um, that really bringing that empathy and, and compassion in, into play, even on a professional level, it goes a long way. Well, I just, you know, I appreciate your courage because it took a lot of courage to be part of that Asian discrimination episode, talking about something that you and I aren't necessarily familiar with, but you took the time to, you know, really educate yourself before the conversation. You brought a lot of insight and great conversations um, within the blended conversation that we had. And I think for the two of us just to really 
um, have that safe space and talk so authentically about it is hopefully, you know, going to make the impact that I think you and I um, really want to make. So, but I want to know all about you now. So tell us about (laughs) your journey from where you started to where you are now. What has that looked like? And how did you get into supply chain? Yeah, it's been a journey. Um, After college, my first role was actually at GoDaddy. And I interned there into technical writing, uh, which was soon after reorganized into corporate comms. And from there, I moved into more marketing-based functions. I've always been passionate about telling stories that matter and taking that approach as a marketer, building something that adds value and resonates. So I've worked in marketing and leadership roles over the last 16 years now, but in Beyonce terms, I fell crazy in love when I was introduced (laughs) to supply chain. Uh, And that was at JDA at the time, which is now Booyander. So I was brought on there as the content director over logistics, and I knew absolutely nothing about supply chain. I wanted to understand my customers and this industry that at the time was really operating in the shadows. And so I read The Supply Chain Revolution by Suman Sarkar and searched for supply chain podcast. And that's when I found you. And I became a regular, regular, regular Let's Talk (laughs) Supply Chain listener. I learned so much. And your catchphrase, collaboration is the future of business, resonated with me. And I was absolutely obsessed with the Women in Supply Chain series. So when JDA, at the time, JDA, now Booyander, was looking to build out its own podcast series. And the CMO asked me what I thought about it. I suggested looking into joining episodes of Let's Talk Supply Chain instead, where you already had this broad sweeping audience. I cannot emphasize enough how much I learned at JDA and how much I, I learned from you and other thought leaders in supply chain. And that then... Is- I mean, that's awesome. And I go back to, I want to just pause there for just a second, because you and I met when I flew down to the offices in Arizona, and we did a series, we did a video series, and I interviewed Fab, it was one of the first video series that we had ever done, and you and Jolene worked together. And yeah. I think the four of us had the best time. It was just so great. It yeah, so it's great. one of the best JDA memories that I have. <laughs> and we had so much fun. And you and Jolene were so supportive of me, which I really appreciated at the time. Because at the end of the day, it was really just when I was just getting started. It was one yeah. of, and you trusted me enough to do this project with me and and fly me into Arizona. And it actually, you know, it turned out really, really well. I was really happy with that project. And a big part of that is to you and Jolene and Fab. Well, I think, um, yeah, I mean, it was a great team effort, but I was immediately struck even then by your presence and your ability to, you know, speak publicly and the momentum you bring. And, um, you know, I'm a little more in the introverted side. So I've always really appreciated that about you. It's, you know, you really have so much talent that you bring. um, And it was so great to meet you in person. And I look forward to doing that again soon. 
me too me too i remember i think i can't i can't remember i was staying at one of the hotels and you were like why are you staying here <laughs> and i was like yeah. well, i'm on a bit of a budget <laughs> <laughs> yeah i do remember that hotel <laughs> we won't next time Anyways, continue on with your journey because I know you've yeah. done so much. Well, you're a big part of it. Um, so after my department was eliminated at JDA, I moved on to manage as marketing director at a growing managed services provider. And I think we all grieve job losses differently. I was really devastated that I'd lost my connection to supply chain. Mm. And that's when you asked me to join as a collaborator to edit your women in supply chain series for let's talk supply chain. Um, so I highlighted women in a blog series across other tech industries in the past, which was so rewarding. And I have to say it's even more meaningful now for me now that it's in supply chain. So Sarah, again, you kept me immersed in the supply chain Yay. and you introduced me to leaders even outside of women in supply chain at supply chain organizations who needed consulting. And I say current in the industry. And that's really how my now manager, Tom McDonough, who's phenomenal, reached out to me about being a solutions marketing leader for supply chain on LinkedIn one day. Uh -huh. So my goal was always to get back to the chain in a full-time capacity and I can't think of a better place to do that than at Anaplan, but none of this would be possible without the collaboration and support I've had from you, Sarah. Oh, and so I am supposed to be about you. <laughs> I am positive that the podcast and your work in the community make a broader impact than you'll ever know. Oh. But really, it's it's really um it just goes back to how committed you are to empowering other women. And I think you always sign your emails with here's to our success and you mean it. I do. I do. Thank you so much for that. You're making me cry. <laughs> this episode <laughs> is supposed to be completely about you. I did not bring you on here. <laughs> and I, <laughs> folks, I didn't pay her to say any of that, just so no. you know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, listen, I mean, at the end of the day, I, you know, I'm just so glad that you're part of the Let's Talk Supply Chain team and, you know, being able to, and I'm sort of one of those connectors, right? If I know somebody is looking for yeah. something or needs help with something, and I know that, you know, you could provide that or somebody else on the team, I'm very quick to doing that introduction because we've built an amazing team around us and we've got a lot of great, yeah. great things. And I think, you know, I'm not, I'm not afraid to share that. I think we can all win when we empower each other and give each other opportunities, you know, and if it works great, if it doesn't, that's okay too, you yeah. know, but just to sort of see where that's that goes okay. and um, what that, what that actually means. So what has your experience been as a woman working in a, a historically male dominated industry? I mean, you've also been in tech as well. So right. I, like that's <laughs> been probably really hard. Yeah. Well, I found that most of my male counterparts have been incredibly supportive of my work as a female professional. I think there's been a culture shock since I broke into corporate for some, some people, mm -hmm. but I really think that women who um, are strong make an impact. So the male professionals 
who love at least one strong woman, whether it's a woman who raised them or a woman they raised or a partner or a friend, they just get it. They want to work with strong, resilient women who are assertive and aren't afraid to introduce new ideas. So it's been nice to see more women climbing the ranks to leadership roles. My grandma just turned 92. I absolutely adore her. And she was an accounting clerk when she was in her 20s and 30s. And sometimes she talks about the sexism she dealt with as a young professional in her career. Mm. And she was shocked uh, when some of it mirrored my earlier career experience. Two Mm. generations later, we had a whole conversation about this. But I've been seeing real progress in the last 16 years real progress. And I know there will be more with Senials bringing a refreshing dichotomy shift that's, I think, very needed to the way we work today. I think you bring up a really good point in the fact that generations need to get together and have those conversations. You know, talk about what they have been through and what that looked like. Talk about what we've been through and what that that looked like. Because I think at the end of the day, that love and support, whether it's family, whether it's friends, whether it's colleagues, for us to be able to share in a safe space like that and know that we're not alone is really, really important. But I think it's also important for us to reflect on how far we've come. And we can only do that when we talk to people, you know, who who did work you know, earlier in the 1900s and what that looked like in, in mm-hmm. various different industries. So I'm glad you've, you've been able to have that conversation with your grandma. Yeah, it is crazy. Um, you know, some of the parallels we had, but I'm happy to say that that was much earlier in my career. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, now you do a lot of really great work in your local community. So tell us about your work mentoring at-risk teens in your local community. What does that mean for you personally? And what has that done for you professionally as well? Because, you know, I think we talk about, you know, the workplace, we talk about what we what we do in our professional lives, but we need to also take a look at people holistically and and take a look at what drives them and what they do in their personal life that really transitions into either side, professional and personal. Yeah, absolutely. And this kind of does dovetail into supply chain in a way, which I'll get to in a second. But I've always been passionate about fighting recidivism. And you really can't do that from the sidelines. So I'm currently mentoring two teens at Adobe Mountain Pueblo School. It's a juvenile correction center that's focused on rehabilitating and educating young offenders for a chance to get a clean record, GED. They even get other certifications in the process. So they have more job options when they're out. Everything from food handler's license to OSHA compliance for construction. Wow. So, and it's, It's been incredibly rewarding for me uh, because many of the kids that I mentor, they don't have parents in the picture. Usually their parents have been incarcerated or they're no longer with us. Mm -hmm. And so these visits happen during visiting hours when their peers who have parents in the picture get to see theirs. 
and being able to show up as a reliable adult for them and set a positive example for a healthier future makes a difference. It makes a difference to come through. And it's really important to me, you know, I consider it a strong commitment to show up when I say I'm going to, I send letters, you know, I try to rally behind them and be a real support system because many of these kids grew up in gang ridden communities or they were exposed to drug use at a really young age and they're hurting and they want to change. And one of the things that I love to bring up when they talk about what they'll do after they graduate or get their GED, if they don't have a clear goal or purpose, is all the opportunities on the operational side of supply chain, where there's a huge talent gap right now, and just how important those jobs are. So I don't know if anyone necessarily grows up aspiring to be a warehouse manager or a semi-truck driver or a supply chain planner, but these are really the people who make our way of life possible with little to no credit. Mm -hmm. And I know supply chain was just um, added to Merriam-Webster Dictionary just a, a few days ago, wow. um, even though it's been in the headlines uh, a lot over the last couple of years. So many young people still really don't know what's behind supply chain and why they why they should care about it. And, you know, whether you're volunteering with at-risk teens or you're just talking to your kids and neighbors or your friends' kids, it's it's something we can all share. Mm -hmm. I love that you do this. I mean, it just goes to show how big your heart is. Oh, and I think also, you know, we talk about how to get the next generation excited about what we do in supply chain, right? Supply chain is cool, but how do we talk to them about it? How do we get them excited about it? And you're doing it on a one-on-one -on -one basis. And think about the impact that you're making. A lot of people think that the impact that they need to make is on huge scales. It doesn't have to be, right? It just needs right. to take, it just means to take some time even small steps to getting people more educated about what supply chains, what supply chain means and what the opportunities are. And you're doing that one person at a time. And I really commend you because I think it's going to take all of us to really get this industry to where we all know that it can be with the talent that I uh, we know is out there. Right. Yeah. And it's so important, especially right now we're seeing global warming, really, um, you know, really accelerate. I know I was talking to colleagues in San Francisco without air conditioning uh, this week who, you know, they're seeing record temperatures. The same thing happened with people I work with, you know, um, in Europe recently. I mean, we really need to be focused on sustainability mm -hmm. and supply chain is how we get there. So Absolutely. supply chain leaders and everyone behind the supply chain is going to be part of the solution because mm -hmm. we only have one planet. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So let's talk about your journey again. You know, is there anyone in the industry or maybe outside of it who you really admire and why? Well, how long is this podcast? <laughs> <Just> <laughs> I mean, kidding. it's been on for a little bit longer. <laughs> 
Um, I knew I'd have to narrow my list down to a select few. So five to be exact. There are a ton of professionals who impress me on a regular basis, both male, female, and also non, non-binary. Um, but I've narrowed it down. I worked with Jolene Pichotto. Uh, She was on your last mm-hmm. Women in Supply Chain podcast. And we worked together at JDA. And I'm still so in awe of Jolene's leadership skills and her relentless optimism, empathy, and patience, staying focused and level-headed in the most stressful of situations. Mm -hmm. Being her friend and colleague has been a regular reminder that I have room to grow. She has set a very high bar for me. And we talk about finding a company culture that shares your values these days, but we can also find people who do. Mm -hmm. So everyone should have friends and team members who challenge them to grow like you and Jolene. And another one that comes to mind is Paula Natoli. She's Google's director of supply chain and logistics industry solutions. And she's truly an unstoppable force. She was the group vice president over supply chain plot supply chain planning, mm-hmm. product marketing when I was at JDA. It's it's a long title. Sorry, mm-hmm. got, got into the word salad there. But she's savagely smart and has a professional gravitas that immediately captivates everyone around her. I recently saw her at Anaplan Live speaking about Anaplan on Google Cloud and the partnership behind the supply chain twin. And I was so thrilled to see Paula again. Uh, It was just, I think, a little after a month after I joined the company. And I really felt like this is it. I'm back in supply chain. Um, Another very strong supply chain leader who comes to mind uh, is my Anaplan colleague, Dr. Deborah Pike, a solutions consultant at Anaplan. She knows more about supply chain than I ever will. And I absolutely love her for that. She's based out of Sydney, and she is an absolute pleasure to collaborate with. She lights up the Zoom room, and I look forward to any interaction we have, whether it's email, Slack, or a meeting. I'm energized by people who are as tenacious as they are kind. I think Mm -hmm. that's the perfect balance. Just a couple more to go. I'm a huge fan of Stephanie Benedetto. She's uh, known as the Queen of Raw. That's her company and her brand. She's based Mm -hmm. out of NYC. And she's a sustainability thought leader and entrepreneur who is actively repurposing materials that would otherwise add to landfills and bringing a regular dialogue to the forefront of the retail industry about the harm behind fast fashion and how to build profits through sustainability. And Mm -hmm. so lastly, um, I appreciate Rebecca Minkoff. Uh, she's a no-nonsense thought leader, and she brings a really refreshing, radical candor to retail. Um, she's an entrepreneur who started out as a designer, and she has amassed a fashion empire, a regular LinkedIn newsletter with candid career insights, nice. a super women podcast highlighting women leaders and their achievement, much like yours. Mm-hmm. Um her female founder collective helps raise funding for small 
women-owned businesses. And uh, just in the last couple of years, she put out a great book called Fearless about finding new paths to success. And one of the things I think is really cool is that Rebecca's actively working with her team on creating more sustainable product lines Mm -hmm. and more sustainable product packaging too. Um, She's been an outspoken voice even recently on combating supply chain challenges and fast fashion. So Rebecca has grit. She came to New York with nothing Mm -hmm. and now she's opening doors for other women. And yes, I love her fashion too. (laughs) I love that. And uh, there's definitely a few on that list that I'm not following. So I'm definitely going to have to jump onto LinkedIn (laughs) after this and make sure that I am connected with them. Thank you for sharing that. And I think all too often, we sort of skip over that. And it's really important for us to acknowledge who's out there and who is, you know, um, helping us in ways that they don't even know that they're helping us. Right. And so with this podcast, you'll be able to tag them and let them know how much they do mean to you and how much of an impact. Cause I know even for me finding out if I make an impact in somebody's life in a small way, you know, it's really important that uh, I get to know that. So how did you find your voice? I mean, you talked about being an introvert earlier on in this mm-hmm. interview. Was there one moment when everything kind of came together for you? I mean, I think I'm always growing. And, you know, as I'm getting older, you know, my voice is changing. But one of the things I think that, you know, really affects my voice to this day is I came from a very salt of the earth kind of family. We're all relatively down to earth and friendly friends who have worked with my father's where he's the most caring and generous person they've Mm. met. And that's saying a lot because he is a lawyer. (laughs) Um, My mom is a giver and my grandma, um, my my grandma, who's still with us, who I talked about earlier, she's an absolute people magnet. She talks to everyone and tries to lift everyone up around her. They right. call her the professional greeter at her retirement community. Yeah. <laughs> and when when she walks by her peers in the dining hall, they actually say, there goes that nice lady. So <laughs> I've actually had people ask me before, why are you being so nice to me? And I never know how to respond to that question because why wouldn't I be right? And in the past, sometimes my kindness and total transparency have thrown colleagues off, or maybe it's been perceived as a weakness, but people are the biggest part of our work. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's incredibly important to share my gratitude and be open and honest with them. I've tried before not to be so soft or candid, but it didn't feel authentic. And I think a lot of how we find our voice in the workplace also depends on our company culture. Mm -hmm. So at Anaplan, my manager and peers and executives are actively asking us and each other for feedback to find smarter paths forward. Mm. We had an employee engagement survey recently that 90% of the organization completed. And that's pretty unheard of for like 2000 plus, you know, person company, but I see it in my day to day and it makes a huge difference. I was on a zoom this past week 
with my counterparts, our managers, and the vice president of solutions, Evan Kwasny, who also comes from a supply chain background. And I did ask a lot of questions because I wanted to understand the why behind what we're doing and the strategy forward. And I hopped off the call and I was wondering if maybe I asked too many questions and the VP Evan slacked me before I could even stress out about it. And he thanked me for asking the questions that others probably also had, but maybe weren't as brazenly comfortable in bringing up. And, you know, saying that uh, was really important. And he said, when you ask those questions, that's when we do our best work. Don't stop asking those questions. Mm -hmm. And Literally seconds later, one of my colleagues pinged me and she thanked me for asking questions she had as well. Nice. So I'm I'm very proud to be at a stage in my life and a place in my career where I feel that I can bring my authentic self everywhere. I think everyone should be empowered to do that. Thank you for sharing those examples. I think it's important to understand from a leadership perspective what it actually means when you reach out and thank somebody for having a voice and for using that voice. And I think the other part of those examples is a woman reaching out to you and thanking you for asking those questions. Those are two really key points. You know, as we move throughout supply chain, as we move through our discussions with leaders and us as people, you know, I think it's important that we do take those moments to say thank you and to acknowledge when somebody has taken the courage to use their voice to ask questions because everybody has that self-doubt, right? Like you didn't have enough time to stress out about it because they were the ones reaching out to say thank you. You did a great job. You know, we, we really appreciate you having those questions and having that voice. So I appreciate you for sharing that. I mean, kind of on the same note though, what have you learned about yourself and what does the future hold for you? Like, are you thinking that you can take that one step further and have courage to do other things or? Well, I think what I'm continually learning is that you can never stop learning. Mm. So I usually, I now consume at least two books at a time in regular rotation with podcasts, including yours and publications and other media. Right now, I'm fully uh, invested in dedicating my career to helping supply chain professionals and supply chain planners succeed. And I'm really proud to do that at Anaplan while also highlighting the wins of women across the chain with you and the rest of the team at Let's Talk Supply Chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you and I were to meet a one year from now, what are the three the three things you hoped you worked towards to make the most out of your journey? Wow. I mean... I learned in 2020 how much can change in a year. So I'm always really cautious in, (laughs) you know, um, mapping that out in advance. But I hope by then I'm still loving what I'm doing. I'm growing and helping others grow along the way and making even a small but real impact in my local community. Oh, and I know you're going to continue to do just that. So before we go, I want to ask you, what advice do you have for girls and women looking to follow in your footsteps? Yeah, I think that's such a great question. And 
I think that uh, women throughout supply chain that we featured on the blog and the podcast have really spoken a lot um, to, you know, confidence and all these different areas to get yourself ahead. And I think that's great. One of the things that I really want to focus on is not being threatened by other women and their abilities. Uh, if there isn't a big enough table, then bring a bigger one. This is such a prescient topic right now because as Sarah, you're aware, October is National Bullying Awareness Month. Mm. And according to the Workplace Bullying Institute, 46.8 million workers experience emotional abuse. And that's up to 30% compared to 19% just a few years ago in 2017. According to that survey, remote workers are more likely to experience this abuse. And here's the shocker that really ties into this question. 61% of the time, workplace bullies and their targets share the same gender. Mm -hmm. So if we want to see progress for women at work and our trans and non-binary counterparts, we must empower each other. I know uh, you're covering gaslighting on the Blended podcast. It's such a critical topic and it comes into play with workplace bullying because according to Dr. Dorothy Suskind, who is a thought leader and subject matter on the expert, bullies generally target professionals whose capabilities or likability threaten them. Mm -hmm. And uh, this can look a lot of different ways, but often under the guise of concerns about strategy or performance, they'll complain to HR and upper management to solidify their job security before the target ever can red flag or even recognize the abuse. So if there's one thing I would like people to remember from this podcast, I hope that everyone listening takes a look at, you know, how they treat people. So whether you're looking to grow your career in marketing um, and or supply chain, or you're already, you know, well on your way uh, at an executive level, you know, focus on making a habit of raising other people up with you. Don't yeah. compare yourselves to other people. Sarah, I know you and I've talked before. Mm -hmm. I am so in awe of your talents and we have very different skill sets, but I love that. I absolutely love that. And so I think instead of comparing ourselves to each other and, you know, seeing it as a competition, let's celebrate the different strengths that everyone brings into play and surround yourself with people who challenge you. That's yeah. how you become a better person. And that's how you become a stronger leader. Thank you so much for saying all of that. I'm actually watching a show on Netflix right now called Partner Track. And they go through a lot of the things that you've been talking about in a workplace, in a lawyer environment. So it's like trying to get partner at a, at a lawyer, um, at a legal firm, firm, sorry. And one of the things that they have honed in on as a storyline is an Asian woman uh, did not make partner, but she's really high up on the, on the scale, but she does not talk to the other Asian women in the workplace. And so they talk about that. They talk about how they just really want women to be able to empower women. And 
you know, they want to be able to have that support and they don't really understand why there's not that support. And that comes from a younger Asian woman on the episode. And there's also some race discussions and things like that. And and um, I think it was white fragility that comes up in one of the episodes. So highly recommend you go and check out that um, that show on Netflix yeah, as well. Absolutely. And I just want to say thank you because Naomi, you're such an inspiration. I mean, it's one of the reasons why we wanted to feature you. And uh, thank you for coming on and sharing so authentically. I think you're really going to your episode and what you've said today is really going to make an impact on not only women who are already in supply chain, but also, you know, diverse voices and women looking to get into the industry as well. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Sarah. It's such an honor. Did you know that the average cost of losing an hourly supply chain worker has reached $19,607? And that recent research shows that 77% of hourly supply chain workers are considering a job change in the next three months. This could have a huge impact on your productivity, bottom line, and culture. Workstep is helping supply chain companies to better engage their distributed hourly workforce at scale. Understand the true reasons behind their workforce turnover and take actions to make positive changes and reduce attrition. Workstep has successfully helped many companies reduce their frontline worker turnover by up to 36%. Visit workstep.com to learn more. If you would like to hear more from us at Let's Talk Supply Chain, we have so much more content for you featuring the best and the brightest in the industry. Head over to letstalksupplychain.com or head over to our YouTube channel, Let's Talk Supply Chain, to check out the latest. Plus, if you have a supply chain challenge, we have most likely had that solution that you are looking for on our show. So type in that keyword in the search bar on our website, and all of that content will come up. And you can actually listen to how they can help you before you get into their sales funnel. And remember to come back next week when I'll be joined by Brian Burke of Seco Logistics. Seco provides complete supply Supply chain solutions specializing in transportation, logistics, forwarding, and warehousing. They really are a powerhouse with over 120 offices in 40 countries worldwide. And Brian and I are going to be diving more into exactly how they help their customers into supply chain visibility, customer satisfaction, and the increasing trend for using supply chain as a competitive advantage. We're packing in a lot, so you absolutely do not want to miss that episode. And if you like the show, there's a few ways to support us. You can follow us, follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're also over on TikTok. You can subscribe to Let's Talk Supply Chain on YouTube. Plus, we have a great newsletter that comes out every Monday with all the news that you need to have about what's happening in supply chain. And you can subscribe to that over at letstalksupplychain.com. You can also find some really cool merch and purchase our exclusive supply chain dictionary in our shop at letstalksupplychain.com. And if you want the supply chain dictionary for free, I mean, it's 107 pages full of acronyms and definitions. You can just DM us on Instagram, talk one. And Ships is an intelligent marketplace connecting shippers with the world's best service providers, freight forwarders, 3PLs, and NVOCCs. Communicate and share information throughout the quoting process while easily and securely comparing features, value, and prices. Save time, effort, and money as you book, track, and manage your freight and cargo shipments. 
Start your journey on ships. That's S-H-I-P-Z or Z dot com. And remember, if you'd like to be featured on an upcoming episode, go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.